0: Welcome to the Dr. Dreama Show, inspiration and practical strategy for achieving your dream life. I'm your host, Dr. Dreama. I'm a psychologist and life designer. I'm here to help you design the life you want and deserve. This is Dr. Dreama, and you know, one of the things that I talk about a lot because I think it is so important is the idea of failing. Failing means you are putting yourself out there, you are taking a risk, and you are making the effort. Doesn't matter sometimes if you don't succeed, it matters more that you've tried. And I wanna bring you a special guest today, Meredith Davis. She's the owner of the merrily Creative Company. And we're gonna be talking about what happens when you're afraid to fail. Welcome, Meredith.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me on.
0: I love this topic because it's something that so many of us can relate to. We can think of times where we stopped ourselves. We didn't put 100% in because we were afraid of failing. Tell me what you know about that.
1: Oh, I am intimately familiar with this, this syndrome, if you will. Um, so I, I spent, like many people, spent several years in a corporate job that I was completely unhappy with. And I had a little side hustle photography business um, that I was, you know, channeling my creative outlet in and I dreamt of making it my full-time career. And I would tell my friends, you know, this is what I want to do and this is how I would do it and this is what it would look like. And yet, you know, six months would go by, a year would go by and I would not make it happen. And I, in retrospect, you know, in hindsight is 2020, of course, I was so afraid of failing that I would never give that side business all of the attention that it deserved because that was my cop-out for why it wasn't successful. So it wasn't that I went in and that's why it wasn't working. It's that, oh, well, it's not working because I'm just not giving it enough attention. I'm just treating it like a hobby right now. That's why I'm not successful. And I stayed in that position for three years and that fear of failure really plateaued my professional success. Um, and I think that that's something that a lot of people can relate to.
0: Oh, absolutely. And what were you, what were you really afraid of? Were you afraid that if it failed, you would be a failure?
1: Yeah, um, I, I, think, I think failure can, can look like many different things. Um, fail, failure from a pride standpoint, um, I've always been very extroverted and uh, proud of my accomplishments. I'm, I'm someone who kind of builds their identity based on their accomplishments. I was a collegiate athlete, you know. So if I had put all my all into something and I failed, my identity would be in that failure. And then also from a financial standpoint, if I put all in, what would that look like if I failed? because that's you know a, a really true uh, problem if you do fail in a financial sense. So, both from like a reputation, pride, ego thing, and a financial point of view. Failure is, is big and scary. And a lot of people don't like to say, well, it would just hurt my ego. Well, it's a big deal. You know, when you're putting right. your whole identity and your whole career on the line and something, it, it, it is a big deal.
0: So what happened for you to, to push you into this idea that you needed to make a go for it?
1: As much as I wish I could say, I just womaned up and went for it. I was laid off from my corporate job. It was very unexpected. It was out of, completely out of left field. Uh, half the marketing team was laid off and I, I had no other plan because like I said, it came from literally out of left field. And I had a really good relationship with my company, you know, as miserable as I was doing the actual work. I loved the people. I had been there for four years. I had a great relationship with them. And they were very, very generous uh, with their severance package that they offered me. So they gave me three months' worth of severance pay. And that was the financial cushion that I needed to go after this full time career dream. And it was at that point when I was at my lowest that I had to make a decision. Do I stay on the safe side and apply for another corporate job where the only thing on my resume is going to put me back in the same exact position. Or do I take this three months worth of severance, this financial cushion, and do I finally do what I've been talking about for three years? And I decided to go for it. And I told myself I had, I had a few uh, milestones that I would use to gauge, you know, my financial safety. So, you know, I had a I had a number in mind that I had to earn by this point. If I hadn't done that, then I would get a part-time job. And then after that, if I still hadn't heard it, hit a certain milestone, then I would go back to full-time. So I satisfied that logical part of my fear. Um, nice. And I was able to replace my old corporate monthly income within three months. So I, I blew myself away. And it's like, there's that piece of you that you, you know you're capable of doing it. But then there's that other piece of you that's like, are you delusional? Are you just thinking too much of yourself? Are you really actually going to be able to do that? And I did it. And that was life-changing.
0: Congratulations. You know, I think that sometimes in order to get past our fear, it's almost like the universe just needs to shove us, right?
1: Oh my gosh. It was the best kick in the butt that I could have ever gotten, you
0: know?
1: <laughs> I mean, talk about blessings in disguise.
0: Exactly. But tell me, I know it didn't happen overnight. Did you have moments where you were thinking, why am I doing this? Oh, oh, of course,
1: the <laughs> first three months were the scariest three months of my adult life, honestly. And I've been, you know, when I hit that three month marker with that income, I, it was definitely sorry, really, if it was, it was some, uh, comfort in knowing that I can continue to do this a little while. But the way that my business is structured is that it's, my income is very variable. So I have no predictable income for the, for the following month. So while everyone was congratulating me and they were so proud of me and I was proud of myself, that voice is still in my head saying, how long can you keep this up? Are you going to be able to do that again next month and the next month and the next year? And that's a voice that I live with every single day. And my fear of failure never goes away, but I'm at a point now where I'm confident enough to look at that, that voice and say, you go stay in your corner.
0: Good for you, good for you. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to somebody who wakes up and fear, fear is not standing in the corner, fear is like standing at the edge of the bed going, you're never gonna make it.
1: Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I'm having those kind of, those down days, those dark days, when I'm just like, nothing's working, I can't do this anymore, I can't live with the emotional stress of this. I, I give myself like 30 minutes to just like be pouty and throw a little inner temper tantrum and just you know drink my wine or my coffee and I just allow myself to wallow in it for about 30 minutes. And then when that time is up, I go back over to my computer, I sit down and I finish, I keep going down my to-do list. You know there are some days when I don't feel um, like my business is moving forward financially, but I know that tomorrow I'm going to have something or next week I'm going to have something. And if I don't sit down and work through those days that don't feel good, I'm not going to get to the day that does feel good.
0: That's so true. And you know, that's something that I tell clients all the time is, you know, sometimes you just have to feel the fear. You just have to sit with your feelings and acknowledge them and then move on. Absolutely, you know. I
1: know. I'll never forget. I was listening to this one podcast, and um, some famous gymnast was on, and I'm, I can't remember. She's an Olympic gymnast, but she said when she was young, and she was training, she'd come home from a bad day at the gym, and she'd say, "Mom, I want to quit." And she'd say, "Okay, if you want to quit, you can, but not today. You have you have to make that decision when you feel good." Mm. And I, I kind of always hold on to that. So when I'm having that dark day, I'm like. If I, you know, this is just my, these are my dark feelings. I also have good feelings though. So I just have to move forward and, and spend the time here until I get out of it.
0: Exactly. And, you know, I think that that's so true that sometimes we forget that the bad feelings and the good feelings, they're all just feelings. And right. if you make a decision based on these uncomfortable feelings, you're too, probably going to make a choice that's going to lead you to more discomfort, right? Mm-hmm. Mm
1: -hmm, absolutely
0: so how how did you actually start building your business did you go out and start talking to people did you run ads what did you do I'm curious
1: so I my old uh, corporate job was in marketing for an apartment uh, property management company. And so while I knew what I wanted the bulk of my business to be a uh, brand photography for small businesses, I knew that I had this immediately marketable skill in real estate photography. So I used my network in the apartment industry to start getting some commercial real estate jobs through that. And then I used my personal and, and uh, personal network to find local real estate agents who needed photography. So that was really my launch pad into getting some regular revenue coming in. Um, And from there, I was able to have the time to slowly but surely build that small business branding uh, business network that I needed. And like I said, I had been doing this on the side for a few years. So I had some connections here and there.
0: Okay. Okay. And earlier you mentioned something about doing networking in person. How are you doing that?
1: Yes. So I am very, very passionate about empowering other people and especially, you know, we're living in such a great age of female to female empowerment right now. I wanted to be able to extend that, um, especially because so much of my success has come from networking and personal connections and relationships with people, I wanted to uh, extend that option to other females in the Atlanta area. So I have created a monthly networking event series for, uh, I say it's for female entrepreneurs, small business owners, and trailblazers in the Atlanta area. And rather than just saying, oh, we're having happy hour, come have wine with other women who may or may not be I'm interested in the same things you're interested in and then you can leave with a pile of business cards that you don't even remember who you met I decided to give it a little bit more intentionality and at each event we have a a speaker come in who speaks for 10 to 15 minutes and then we have a little activity in which women are assigned to small groups, five to six women each, and they kind of figure out a piece an activity they can do from the speaker and that helps foster actual conversations and deeper conversations beyond just, hi, what do you do? What part of town do you live in? You know, what's your family like? And uh, then we come back and we wrap up the little mini workshop and then it resumes a typical networking kind of mingling environment. So it's great for people who are extroverted, for people who are introverted. It, you leave with uh, some knowledge that you might not have walked in there with and you actually get to know the women around you.
0: That's really cool.
1: Thank you. I, yeah, I'm really excited about it.
0: And you know, so so many people find the idea of networking terrifying, right? Yes. What will I talk about? How will I introduce exactly. myself? I don't know what to do. I don't know how to sell myself. And yet, if we just approach it from this idea, of you're just going to go have a conversation with a couple of people.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I've mentioned the importance of my network several times. One thing that I do, especially because I'm a local service provider, um, and you can do this in online platforms as well, but as a local service provider, I force myself to go to local networking events, and they're not always social activities, you know, I don't always want to head out at Thursday night at 7pm to go mix and mingle with a bunch of strangers. But I view it as a work opportunity and I go in. And one thing that I do is I tell myself, if I'm going to have a conversation with someone, I want to get to know three things about them before we even start talking about work. Because if you walk up to someone and you say, hi, nice to meet you. What do you do? And they say, I do this. And you say, oh, that's cool. I do this. You've learned nothing about each other, and you've made no connection. And the people who make connections with one another, that's who they're going to refer out the following week or three weeks later when someone brings up something relevant, right?
0: Right, exactly. You know, an interesting side note is here in France, people don't ever ask what you do. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's considered rude, because there are so many other things that you can talk about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I read a book that mentioned kind of how the American identity, especially for men, because if you think, you know, past decades and stuff, your American, American identities are built upon your career choices, right? So right. you are a photographer, or you are a lawyer, or you are a dentist, uh, rather than being, you know, a hiker or a mother or... Who else knows what you are other than that one thing? So we need, we need to take a, a lesson from people in France and keep that, that question for, for later conversation.
0: Exactly. Because, you know, we want to get to know each other. This mm-hmm. is how we all do business in the, in the long run is you're doing business with another person. Of and course. there's usually that no like, and trust factor. And that's what you want to build by saying, here's who I am, mm-hmm. not here's what I do.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: And it's such a difference
1: entrepreneurs and business owners that can get really hazy, right? Because I don't have an office hours where I'm there and I clock in at nine and I clock out at five. I am if I'm not actively working on my business, I'm thinking about it all the time. So it's hard. It can be hard to separate that identity. But I, from day one, have made a point to schedule in family time and boyfriend time and me time so that I don't lose myself in my business. And that also helps keep my fear at bay because I continue yes. to feel like a human.
0: hmm That's that's just it. We really do have to be careful, I think, in the entrepreneurial world because you can get so caught up in the next thing that needs to be done. This needs to be done. And we forget, oh, wait a minute here. Mm -hmm. I need to spend time with people that I love and get recharged.
1: Right. And And the day to day, you know, there's the big giant, scary, my whole business fails kind of failure, but there's also those smaller daily and weekly failures where if I don't give myself structured office hours, I am always going to feel like I didn't get enough done that day. I'm always going to feel like I failed my to-do list and I'm always behind. But if I tell myself I get eight hours of work today, I, it's, easier for me to understand. I can only do so much in those eight hours. So if I miss two items on my to-do list, well, you know, that's just how that day went. That's life. But if I go much and if I'm so consumed with it, there is no out, there's no exit, there's no structure. So, you know, it's not just the big giant scary failure, fear of failure. It's those small kind of day-to-day ones that if you can manage those, then you can, You can handle that big giant scary fear a little bit
0: better. Right, right. And you can just go tell us go stand in the corner, like you said.
1: Right. Right. Easier to keep it at bay.
0: Right, right. So where's your business headed now?
1: Um I'm looking forward. I am working on opening some small group business coaching. Um, because like I said, I was able to kind of launch into financial success fairly quickly. Um, but again, I've only been in business for nine months, so I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm in no position to, you know, ask someone to pay me $5,000 to coach them on their business, but I am a natural leader and a natural facilitator. So what I would love to do is get women who want to uh, be around and a part of other business women and get them on for small group coaching. So it's going to be, you know, five to six women in a video chat twice a month and we'll focus on one or two problems for each of them. They will get advice and guidance, not only from me, but camaraderie and understanding from their fellow uh, coaching members.
0: Which is so necessary and needed. If you're in the entrepreneurial world, you definitely want to be with a group of like-minded people so you can bounce ideas off of them. And so you don't get that sense of isolation.
1: Of course. Yeah. And I mean, I'm very lucky in that I have very supportive friends and family, but just because they support me does not mean that they understand what I deal with on a day-to-day basis. So getting that community, of— I mean, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a professional, a corporate professional, having a group of people who understand what you do and you walk through on a day-to-day basis is as such an important tool when it comes to that fear of failure and growing your own confidence in your business.
0: Absolutely. So Meredith, if people want to find out more about you and your business, where can they find you?
1: They can find me. Uh, my website is merrilycreativecompany.com. That's like merrily down the stream. And I am on Instagram quite a lot at Marilee Creative Co.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing your tale of transitioning into something that sounds like you have found your passion.
1: Yeah, I, I so appreciate it. I really enjoyed uh, talking to you, and I hope that some of uh, your listeners out there are inspired and ready to make some moves after this.
0: Absolutely. We've been talking with Meredith Davis. She is the owner of the Merely Creative Company. She's a photographer and a business coach, and we've been talking about the idea of being afraid of failing and how sometimes we keep ourselves stuck. We keep ourselves in a place where we're not – really happy because we're so afraid that if we try to move forward, we may fail. And I'm here to encourage you, fail away. When people tell me about their failures, I know that they are out there. They are putting themselves out there. They're taking risk. And it's time you're going to be successful. So just get out there and fail more. This is Dr. Drema. I'll be talking to you soon.